0: Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. So thank you so much for uh, hopping on TPQ20 with me today. Uh, we always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that your publicist doesn't have or the world doesn't know, uh, who would you say you are?
1: Huh. I mean, I know you asked that question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my my impulse is to say I'm, I'm definitely not who I think most people think I am. Uh, Um, well, bio-wise, I guess I'm, I'm this person who grew up mostly on Air Force bases as a kid, and, um, I guess it's, it's relevant that, um, my parents were a biracial couple way back in the 50s, so my father, um, is Black and from Alabama, and, my mother was white and born and raised outside of London, England. And I feel like these things are relevant, including the part about growing up on Air Force bases, because I, I think I've always kind of grown up with this sense of not belonging in any particular place. Mm. And, and people always sort of questioning where I'm from or what am I? And so I, I guess I think I'm one of these people who sort of lives in, some zone all my own in some ways and even in the poetry world I I don't know that people know this but but I don't feel like I mean I don't know like I also my I'm the first person in my family to ever gone to college. Um, I was a scholarship kid. People know the part about that I went to Harvard, but what they don't know is that I cleaned bathroom toilets for my work study job. Uh, there and so that's a very different way of going to a place like Harvard right um, you know it, you're, you're sort of reminded all the time about your class mm-hmm. and you know um, so I so mostly I feel like I'm this person who lucked out and stumbled into some world of poetry and this stuff that I thought just made sense to me seems to be something some people care about I don't know how's that for an answer
0: I mean, that's a great place to start. I, the, the experience of of, at at Harvard sounds, I mean, it it sounds like a a different way of cutting your teeth uh, to get through, to get through schooling. That's, um, it's, it's definitely, it definitely puts into perspective the, I I like, you never really think about the class situation when it goes to students who just collectively go to Harvard.
1: Right. And it's, it's also strange because nowadays I don't, first of all, I'm sure they don't even have dorm crew. That's what it was called. I'm sure that they realize that's actually politically incorrect. Um, And they probably have a real cleaning crew, but, but also I, I don't think anymore. I mean, when I went, it was the days when affirmative action was very much in place. And, um, and, and they also seem to be making more of a point of having people from different economic backgrounds but now I, it does seem as if probably everyone who goes there is some rich person and, right. and, and they come from generations of people who've gone there. So, but, so it's kind of a, I don't know. I'm glad I went there.
0: I'm, I think it was useful to, to go there and, yeah, you know, it's fine. I, it definitely would have put a different perspective. I mean, you know, given, given your, you know, your career as a writer, that definitely was a, was something that would have put, A little bit of a a paradox into uh into four years at at harvard yeah yeah it's
1: um strange but here we
0: are yeah so i i have got to know uh you taught latin and greek yeah um so i i went to i went to pacific university out in forest grove oregon and Uh uh I started there unfortunately, the year that they ended their Latin program I'm so sad. i so I never i it was always one of those things where you know, being somebody who is into a lot of classical poetry, I really wanted to study things in its in its original form
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: how on earth did high school students take Latin and greek uh how how was how having been a teacher now for twenty years i I can't even imagine that how was that
1: well, um i I went to um, public, public high school, um, Falmouth High School in Falmouth, Massachusetts. And it's weird, I we had just moved, we, my parents and all of my, my sisters, we had moved from Germany and my father retired from the Air Force. And so in Germany, we had had to take conversational German. Hmm. And when I got to back here to the States, they didn't offer German. And they said, right. "Well, we have a spot in this Latin class." And I didn't even really know what Latin was, but I figured, okay, fine. and but I was fascinated with languages already and codes and things like that. Right. So they had this really robust Latin program, um four years of Latin. and um, and and interestingly enough, the names of it was a married couple, and their last name was Phillips. So <laughs> whom I would later end up replacing when they retired. It was kind of amusing. But um, anyway, my whole plan was to be a veterinarian and major in biochemistry. And, okay. and when I went to college, I was going to do that. And my Latin teacher made me promise that I would take a beginning Greek class in freshman mm-hmm. year. She just said, just Just try it. So I did that. And then one night while I was trying to do some organic chemistry problems that I like at two in the morning, I burst into tears because I couldn't solve the problem. And and I thought, fuck it, I'm not going to, the only thing I'm enjoying is this this Greek class, which was also really hard, but I loved it. And and I thought, I'm just going to switch majors. And I can always like just have a dog. I don't have to be a vet. And, <laughs> and my parents didn't care one way or the other. They were so thrilled I was in college at all. So, um, and I don't think they understood that Latin wasn't a spoken language so they probably thought okay you can work at the un or something one day and so that's how but they didn't have greek in my high school but but yeah that's how latin came about and it was just by so many things in my life have happened just by meeting somebody who made a suggestion and right. I thought, okay why not and um uh, yeah and then i went on to teach latin at a couple of prep schools and then one day those old latin teachers at Falmouth High called and they said we're retiring you should apply and so I and I had it when I finished high school I thought this school will never see me again I, right. I hated high school and and suddenly there I was I was hired it was fun on the first day because when I went in some of the students said where's Mr. Phillips because they would had him and I should say <laughs> right those right. two Latin teachers were very white and they looked like they looked like Romans themselves, like everything they wore huh. was like a toga. And so here, and they were old. And there I was at the time, young and obviously not a white Roman. <laughs> but my name was still Mr. Phillips. It was right. very confusing for them.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I uh, I had a similar experience. I went back and taught my first year teaching uh, at my old high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was only, you know, about four and a half years removed. And it was the most uncomfortable experience ever as i'm teaching uh, at that time teaching you know friends uh siblings um and having to apologize to all of the teachers that that i had while i was there uh, it was
1: uh a- yeah it's really i i felt it was a strange moment when i was in the bathroom and i realized the person at the next urinal was my old geometry teacher <laughs> and i thought this is just creepy <laughs> you know i don't know
0: anyway so. How do we get from uh, wanting to be a veterinarian to wanting to to write poetry? Well,
1: I don't know. I guess, I mean, there was a poetry magazine in freshman year of college, so I sent poems to them that they took. I was writing in high school, but, you know, the way everyone, I feel like everyone writes in high school, just poems right. about how they hate the parents and, you know, life is terrible. Um, and I just started reading, I discovered uh, Sylvia Plath's book, Ariel, so course I wrote a lot of poems that were just like I too want to kill myself I too you know am in despair just because it seemed like that's what you must write about in poetry I guess right and uh but I didn't think I didn't even know that you could do things like I don't know be a poet like for real like I don't know it just seemed like a thing a hobby and Mm -hmm. and in some ways it still feels that way it seems strange like why do people I was going to say you've, a had, job, you know? you've had
0: a, you've had a pretty lengthy, uh, lengthy hobby as a career. Um, and that's yeah. like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Like that's, it's pretty cool. Not a lot of, not a lot of people can say that their hobby became like became their career. I know
1: that's great. I mean, I love that. And I actually really love teaching. And so it's like, because I feel like a lot of poets teach, but they don't love it. Right. They just feel like, well, that's what I've got to do. But teaching was like, first passion. And um, I didn't think it would be. When I graduated from college, I didn't know what I was going to do in my, right before I graduated, but a professor, a Greek professor asked me what I was going to do and I didn't know. And he said that a friend of his had just started a graduate master's in teaching program at the University of Massachusetts where they would train you to be a Latin teacher and you'd be certified in like 30 states with this degree. And I thought, you know, that's fine although in my mind I've always been afraid to speak in front of people Mm. and so I thought I can't really imagine being a teacher but I'll I'll try it and then the second year of that program you have to teach for a semester in an actual school and and as soon as I did that I loved it I was terrified of that I was standing there and all these kids were staring at me but I also loved it I thought there's a real rush to this and um but it's still frightening. Even just yesterday, I was teaching my graduate seminar, and as I'm walking to it, I'm getting like this tension, and I realize I, I I still I think it's kind of good. It means that I, I haven't gotten complacent, and it means that you don't you still don't think you know everything, and 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 that's important, I think, to realize you don't.
0: So. Yeah, I, and I think the last the last few years, the the pandemic years of education, I think were a, a really for for the teachers, I think, who used it correctly. It was, I mean, it it changed everything, such a paradigm shift about how, you know, the getting up in front of a class became, how do you teach in front of a, you know, a, a probably a black screen as this, the kids are turning mm. off their cameras, you know, how do you have fun and make it lively and make them interested in anything? Um, yeah.
1: And that's, I a- would not, I would not have wanted to be a middle or high school teacher <laughs> with that, with the Zoom. I mean, I, it was fine with graduate students, yeah. but but the, i remember in high school how it was so important to sort of physically be around and moving around the room and keeping yeah. it lively and then how do you do that in your little room with your you no? Know, <laughs> and you can't tell who's paying attention or who's no. not
0: and all that no so when it comes to so so you publish your first your first book in 1992 yes um and then we've got you know 30 odd years later, we get to then the war. Mm -hmm. Um, Who are you now versus who I guess let me rephrase that. Who were you more willing to be now that you weren't willing to be back then? Or is there a reverse to that? Were you were you more willing to uh, kind of step out of out of the box? You think as a as a youngster, than you are, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 years into a career?
1: Huh, do you mean in terms of as a writer or like personal
0: um, as a writer, but I mean, you know who you are as a person might might you know definitely yeah. uh, affect the rest, yeah,
1: huh? well, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like i mean obvious well, i wanna think obviously, I know more now, but you know, I hope after all this time so but I feel like back then i feel like i did things just because i just there's a lot of stuff i just did and just didn't know that you weren't supposed to do it um and you know in poems um i remember people thinking i was kind of scandalous and Hmm. um i i didn't know that it didn't occur to me that writing about sex with between two men for example was shocking but i see now why even now it could be to some people or the way that I wrote, I thought it was just this. This is how I think, and um, and so so I think what I am now is I'm now aware. You know, it's hard with the first book; you never have that same innocence again. And um, right. so, you know, I'm aware of what I can do. But I think what is the same, maybe. Well, okay, I should answer the question. So, how am I different but now? because I'm aware of what I can do. I feel like I'm more, I put more pressure on myself to not do those things so that you can stay like taking risks. And, um, but also I have found that there's now kind of a, something similar between first and current life is that the first book, you just do whatever, because no one has said you can't, but now I feel like I can do whatever I want because what does it matter? Like, I don't know. It's almost like a different feeling that being like in sixties and thinking, well, you know what? Like, I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to be like fired from poetry. If I decide to do a completely wacky thing and, you know, maybe someone won't read it. Um, right. So, but I can't say I don't have a career. So in some way that, that, actually makes it more possible to surprise myself even more i guess That was a very roundabout answer <laughs> i hope does. it made sense
0: it, it does, we're we're very i'm very used to roundabout answers over here I, I sometimes it takes me an hour to get to a question so i definitely oh, okay I,
1: <laughs> I actually wondered i thought how is this actually going to all happen in half an hour but
0: you you know we i i love when when we when my wife and I started the podcast uh, about two years ago, um, you know, we kind of finally fell on that idea of like, who are these poets that we talk to? Because mm-hmm. we, you know, it, we live in obviously this, this still fairly Twitter, you know, heavy world of of finding, you know, finding poets on Twitter has yeah. kind of been, you know, so we, we only get a little glimpse of people and then bios, yeah, bios are, are never what They're we are. stupid. Yeah. yeah I hate that I hate i i've been I've been playing music for the last about thirty years now and and I've had to write so many different bios over the years and it's like i don't I don't want to write about like you know nobody wants to hear the basics anymore, so we yeah. always want to get a little bit more a little bit more in depth and then you know conversations on here turn from really like very kind of strict questions about passions, process pitfalls, and poetry uh to finally like able to just have a conversation yeah. Um, and I think that's been one of the fun things about this is that um, I don't always know a lot about the poets who come on here. Um, yeah. And I, it's kind of fun to, to not because I don't think I, I think the conversations go a little differently. Um,
1: well, it's why I, I was telling my students just the other day that I know actually, I mean, I know many poets, but the people I actually consider like friends that I actually turn to on a regular basis aren't writers. and. Yeah. And specific, mainly because of that, I feel like it's hard. It's especially hard for me now at this point in my life or career, though I hate that word. uh, It's hard to meet people and have them act normal. Um, But they see some other thing. They see that bio that you're talking about. That isn't, I'm not prizes and I'm not, you know, this number of books or whatever.
0: Your Wikipedia Um, page is fantastic. (laughs) It's so
1: ridiculous. And I just think... I think, yeah, but I'm, and that's why then people think, oh, I must not be vulnerable. I must not ever, you know, get wasted, uh, <laughs> you know, fuck up in some way. And I think I do those things all the time, but that's not included in the bio. And, right. and, and, but and that's all to say, I like it when people don't come with a whole bunch of knowledge about me um, yeah. or my poems, because. I don't know. and I, I mean, I've had people, too, like in, in the past, because um, I'm quite happily in you know, my relationship, but in the past, like, you know, dating around or something, and then people Google me, and then it's God. all off. They say, oh, okay, I didn't know that you, and they start acting squirrely or weird, or even if they find out I'm an English professor, and they, they right. keep policing their own grammar and saying, oh, sorry, sorry, I'll be wrong. And I think, oh, my God, you know, just, could you forget that? so
0: anyway um well i yeah. won't say i won't say i came to this not knowing who you are uh the art of daring has been sitting on my shelf for for quite some time that's uh, a scary book <laughs> yeah. um but i i want to also ask about um you you did coach the the yale series um oh yeah and well, judge and, it yeah judge it and well, and yeah. that's kind of the you know, you are someone who has judged a lot of contests. Yeah. Um, what do you look for? Like what actually, what to you makes like a, a good poem?
1: Well, what I look for is actually what I look for in people, um, people who don't seem like they're trying to conform or behave. I'm attracted to strangeness and weirdness. And, and so one of the things I noticed early on with the Yale is I would get all these manuscripts and they I couldn't find anything wrong with them, mm-hmm. but that's what was wrong. Mm. Um, it was like they were being polite and well-behaved. They were they were safe MFA theses that were trying to please a judge <laughs> so they might win a prize. And, and they all worked the same way. They would have all like their top poems in the beginning at the end and hide the filler. So I learned quickly to turn quickly to page 23 48 right away. I wouldn't even look at the opening. And, and each time when I picked picked one of those books, I remember the first one was Eduardo Corral. And mm-hmm. I thought, what All is right. going on in this book? It it's chaotic. And but it had caught my eye and it immediately went into the pile of like, okay, maybe. And um so that's what I look for still. And and I feel like I feel like poems are supposed to be manifestations of our individual sensibility like who we are and in all our mess as well and so the thing i most often say to my students when a poem isn't working is like what are you really trying to say what are you holding back and and I try to tell them I'm not asking them to be confessional they don't but it's like just bring their whole like self into it and I think that's a hard thing to do but I feel like for me the poems that that are most successful, aren't always the most well-crafted. They're the ones that are the most honest. They're true. And I feel as if I, I get, I know this person and even someone like Emily Dickinson, her poems are a mess in many ways and punctuation is the least of it. And, (laughs) but I, I feel like it's so fun to spend time with a mind like that and to, because she's not going to bore you by being the same as 50 other people. Right. So you need a a dictionary next to you. Yeah, exactly. But it's weird because a lot of people feel differently about poems. I feel like a lot of stuff that wins prizes and is the stuff that is immediately accessible is immediately unthreatening. And, um, you know, and that's fine. But there's a reason, like when I first started writing poems in a serious way, is also when Madonna first came onto the scene, and I always have thought of her as this this model um, in many ways. For I mean, talk about just doing—not that she's not calculated, but I feel like right. she's truly doing stuff that she thinks, oh, "This is what I want to do." And oh yeah, um, and it's not purely for shock value. And and so whether we like her music or not, it's not mistaken for anyone else. And I guess I'm really talking about classic Madonna, right? can't really figure out what's going on now but <laughs> that's okay you know we all we all get old who knows how we're going to be My. so or even someone like Charday who's another model and there's someone where she hasn't changed that much but it's as if she knows exactly what's her truest space you know for how to be a, as a singer and and so you like it or you don't like it but she also makes me feel good when I feel like I Don't have wild variation in my books. I feel like I sort of, you know, I'm not going to suddenly do a book about baseball or something. And, um, or I'm not going to suddenly become a, you know, rap poet. And, but she's, but she's never really done that either. She just sort of says, this is what I do. And she's kind of confident enough that those who like it will stick around.
0: I keep feeling like we keep hearing she's going back into the studio every, uh, every yes. couple of years and then nothing ever comes out. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see something, uh, something epic this coming year. I hope so. Yeah. Um. As we kind of shift toward the end here, yes. uh, I always like to ask who you're reading, who, uh, who is currently exciting to you uh, and it doesn't have to be poetry. Uh, who are you, who are you enjoying these days?
1: Well, let me see. I should be able to answer this question easily because I'm reading a <laughs> bunch of things. Um, let's stick never, to poetry. never easy. Well, I mean, I just this afternoon got a new to me a new collection of translations of Pierre Reverdy's poetry um, that came out with the New York Review of Books series. And I've been interested in returning to his poems, Him and Cavafy. Um, So those are like among the dead. Right. But then living, I mean, I've just been thrilled with this new book by Gabrielle
0: Bates. Oh. Judas Judas Goat. Goat. Yes. It's Um, it's absolutely beautiful.
1: That's an example. That's an example of what I mean. I read first books all the time, every week. And this is one that leapt out. And a lot of the poems I think, what the fuck's happening? (laughs) I, I don't know. But I feel like I trust that this person means what they're talking about and um and I and I feel like I'm learning from and that's the other thing I want is I want to learn a new thing that can happen with image work or sentence making so that's been an exciting um I just
0: I just had a chance to to see uh Gabrielle and uh Luther Hughes do a reading in Portland uh Mm -hmm. weeks back um and there it was it was such a it they were both just gorgeous readers um they are and there was just there was emotion there that i think sometimes sometimes you miss at a reading Mm -hmm. um and the way they you could just feel their poetry and i agree luther was my student you know oh i i did not know that i shiver in the leaves is is a game-changing book
1: yeah he was my student and i i when he um, he asked me if I would write the foreword for that book, and which I I did, and I I felt very with both of them. I mean, I I know Gabby through um, Breadloaf. She was a waiter years and years ago um, when I was on faculty there. And, and seeing them both with their first books, it just makes me. It's one of those moments I feel kind of parental in in the best way because I'm not really a parent, and <laughs> so I feel like I haven't had to live with what it probably was meant to actually <laughs> raise them but but i feel as if they're s- sort of children of mine yeah studied with me or i've that's you know we brushed against one another in some way that is awesome but yeah i don't know i so those have been exciting finds and i've i've been I, i've been reading all these novels by banana yoshimoto um who got sort of big in the 80s with this book kitchen which I think I read back in the 80s but but it turns out she has like 20 books now and oh, so wow. i've just been reading through her awesome novels and yeah i don't know it's kind of a hodgepodge
0: well and then uh what is next for you uh now yeah. that you know now then, the war is out so yeah are, you know, what is next
1: well <laughs> In the usual Carl way, there always seems to be a book, another book of poems. <laughs> I, you know, I, that's the other thing I should have said when with your first question, because people always say, "Oh, he's prolific." I mean, if that it means number of books, okay, I guess it's true. But I'm like such a lazy writer. I I feel like I write one, maybe two poems a month, which doesn't seem that many. Right. But if you put those together if you do that for 2 years you have like 48 poems or something yeah. i don't know and 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 for me a book of poems is usually about 30 to 32 poems so right. um which is why i have what the reviewers call slender volumes <laughs> You know it's
0: like hey, we God. we appreciate
1: it sometimes <laughs> I, I feel like why is every book of poems now 150 pages? It's like I if I wanted to read a novella, I would buy a novella. So right. but but no, I feel like 50 to 70 pages at the that's perfect. And and then so anyway, that's all to say there's another book in 2024. All right, but in the meantime, there's an anthology that I'm doing with the, the poet Aaron Ballou that oh is coming out next oh it's coming out this fall
0: it's coming
1: out this fall it's called <laughs> uh, personal best makers on their poems that matter most okay and we asked a whole bunch of poets basically to the idea was we we were thinking we often hate what is anthologized by others right. and we thought what would we choose if we like if we ask people what would you choose as a poem that most represented you and why and so everyone had to write a little mini essay to go with it and it's coming out with Copper Canyon Um, and it's um, Canyon. so I guess that's the thing for this year and then when the next fall a book of poems I guess and you know I when I first wrote a book I thought I don't know if I'll ever write another book of poems. And then after it was a few, I thought, "Is this all you're going to do, Carl? Like write books, poems, all the rest of your life?" And I don't know. And but but even now, I think, is it? Because some people just dry up, and maybe, right. you know, or maybe I'll just become a marijuana farmer,
0: whatever. You know, uh, <laughs> it has its it has its perks. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely makes things less expensive.
1: I'm retiring. I'm retiring next year and moving back to Massachusetts. And I think, yeah, that's a whole chance for, who knows, a whole new adventure. Maybe I'll, I want to plant trees. I want to volunteer in a nursery or something.
0: There you go. See, that's a, that sounds like a really nice relaxing time right now.
1: Yeah. Learn to fish. There you go. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) But then you got to learn to clean it. And
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll just become friends with the fishmonger. (laughs) There you go. That's what I'll do.
0: Well, do they call them fishmongers? Oh, I don't. Hmm i don't
1: know anyway the people who sell fish
0: well thank you so much it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today i really appreciate your time and i look forward to sending more and more people your direction uh thank you thank you yeah it was uh, a wild it
1: was a wild ride
0: <laughs> well hopefully hopefully it was a good one for you yeah um, it was great and then thank you know this. when the next book comes out we'll have you back
1: that would be delightful awesome thank you
0: Have a great rest of the night, and I will talk to you soon.
1: Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.